Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. All right, we're already off better than the first service. We had somebody collapse. Amen. Hey, listen, always be thankful. I'm thankful that in this service, nobody collapsed. In the first service, somebody collapsed. He's fine. He's okay. Blood pressure issue. We're all good. It's all good. We just had two ambulances come for one for one person, one for another. But hey. I'm thankful that we don't have any ambulances in our parking lot right now. <laughs> Follow my example and be thankful. There you go. Amen. If you want anything to change in this year, this upcoming year, I'm not much for... New Year's resolutions. As a matter of fact, I've preached against them for the last 15 years because there's no power in them. There's nothing that's really powerful about a new year. I'm not trying to be Debbie or Tommy Downer. I'm just telling you that there's just no power in it. That's why most, most resolutions are finished before the first week of January is over as they don't work. So what I'm going to try to tell you today is if you want things to change, it will come through the your yielding to the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what will change things. Nothing else will change it. It being a new year and everybody excited about all oh, the you know, last, 2021 stonk, 2022 is going to be so much better. It will not be better unless you activate the promises of God. That's all that matters in life is that you are operating in the promises of God. Let's launch. First Thessalonians chapter 5, 23 and 24. We've been camped there for a couple weeks. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. He will sanctify you. If you try to do new things this year, if you try to accomplish new things without doing new things, it will not happen. It is the very definition of insanity to do the same things over and over and over and over again and expect a different result. It will not happen. You, if you are doing that, you are putting new wine into old wine skins and that patch will burst. It will not work. Understand, see how quiet it got in here? See, because nobody really wants to do new things. Let me go over this with you. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew chapter four, verse 17. Commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. Let's look at repentance. If you really want things to change, you don't change your mind. You change what you do, which changes your mind. Those that have never changed what they do have never even attempted repentance, which is the change of mind. Commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts will be established. What you do establishes your thoughts, not your thoughts establishing what you do. In every other church in America, basically, they will teach you the opposite of the word of God which is change your heart and it'll change how you live. Incorrect. 
totally wrong. You change what you do and it will change your heart. It will change your mind, which are synonymous in scripture. The heart and mind are interchangeable in scripture. You have to change what you do or it will not where you have to. What does that mean? Let me, let's give, let's do some examples. Are you somebody who sleeps in every day? You're going to have to get up early. Are you somebody who spends all night playing video games or watching movies? That ends. If you want things to change, you have to change what you do. Not sitting there playing the video games like, change my mind. Lord, come on, change my heart. And put in another movie. Change my heart. Change. It will never work. You've already tried it. You're decades into trying it. I'm the first one to admit that I have wasted decades of my own life. In just about every one of those years, in the midst of those decades, I have thought I'm changing things and nothing changed. I have pastored a church for 15 years at vacillating between 150 and 200 people. Now, I listen to pastors. John, one of the pastors I listen to, evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth, I was listening to him the other day. I pretty much listened to Jonathan, and I listened to Pastor Rodney. Why? Because they stayed open. I won't listen to anybody who closed, unless they publicly repented. I won't. I won't listen. I'll listen to their stuff prior to 2020. Because if it's still something that I'm interested in, I'll listen to it, but I won't listen to them. But Jonathan was talking about this, and it bothered me, and by the way, it offended me. But you see, I respond differently. Not bragging. It's just not something that I struggle with. I struggle with being a pouty pants. I struggle with fits of rage. That's shocking to hear. But I don't struggle with correction. So I was listening to Pastor jo to Evangelist Jonathan. It's so hard to say that. I'll say Jonathan. So I was listening to Jonathan. And he was talking about pastors he's been around. Because Jonathan goes around the country. Evangelizing. So he was talking about it, and he, and he sees how where, he sees the pulse of the American church. We really don't. I'm not even saying that we should, but he sees the pulse of the American church. These churches closing all over America, empty. Churches that have 2,000 people, they have 37 people going now. Facts. It's the way it is. That's what happens when you train people not to come to church. Whatever you put into the freaking ground is coming up. It's the way it is. I don't care what your reasons are. I don't care. I don't care that we're trying to stay safe and trying to show the world how much of a capitulation church we are. Doesn't matter. You're going to reap what you sow. So he was talking about pastors of churches that go from, you know, they start and they are this size and they get to this size and they, they're that. He goes to one and it's 150 people, comes back 10 years later, it's 157 people. He says something's wrong. Guess what? Something is wrong. I'm telling you right now, we're averaging, I don't know, between 550 and 650 people a Sunday come through our tile store. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. If we're the same size 10 years from now, something's wrong with me and something's wrong with you. It's the truth. And that's what Jonathan said. He says, something's wrong. And I was like, well... But as soon as I started to feel my feathers kind of come up a little bit, I'm like, he's right. He is right. 
Everything, according to Psalm chapter 1, verse 3, everything that you lay your hands to is to prosper. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Period. Don't add to it. Don't subtract from it. That's exactly the way it is. If you pastor a church and you're doing it right, you should be prospering. And now you can apply that to each and every one of your lives and your businesses and your jobs. That's exactly what should be happening. Now, if you want that to happen, you're going to have to do things differently. So what happened with this church? March of 2020, we were averaging our usual 150 to 180 per Sunday, and then COVID hit. What happened? Now, immediately, it distinguished us. We appeared different, which we are different because we never closed and never will. So we were different. Now, I ended up in connection with other ministries. God opened a door. I did a video out in the parking lot in a fit of rage. Mad all day sinning. Even in the midst of God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In the midst of my pouty pants temper tantrum all day long over the arrest of Pastor Rodney Howard Brown, who I never met, had nothing to do with ministry, didn't even like his ministry. Truth. Nothing, but it just torqued me off. In two realms, first, that law enforcement is so galactically stupid that they'd make that arrest. And then the sheriff would get up on his bully pulpit and start talking about it as if it was some wonderful, gleeful thing that he did with pastors standing behind him. Oh, I was ticked. So I drove right over here, parked in the shade, set up my camera. Enraged. Well, that thing went viral. Thousands upon thousands upon tens of thousands saw it. Usually I would never get anywhere near that, obviously. So lo and behold, that same night, I'm sitting there and I'm on the couch and I'm, I'm doing my usual, never changing. Why doesn't my church grow? Right? I don't understand. I'm doing the same thing every year and it's never ch- it never grows. Uh, yeah. So I'm sitting there scrolling and all of a sudden I see me. I'm like, there I am in the truck. I'm like, who's what? I said, who's putting this out? And it's on Rodney Howard Brown's ministry. It's on the river, on the river's church page. Rodney's going live on Facebook with tens of thousands of people watching. And I'm like, that's me. <laughs> so I called Norma out. So Norma comes out. I said, Norma, Rodney Howard Brown's showing my video live right now on his broadcast. This is on CTN. This is everywhere. And Norma bursts into tears. Norma starts crying. So we watch it. Later that night, guess what I'm doing again? And I see me again. 
And this time it's Jonathan. And Jonathan's plane launches. This man is anointed. That's how he started it. And he puts me on there. He puts me on and his viewership dropped 200 people. True. Because his team set it up where I was saying hi to everybody. Hey, Rachel. You know, hey, Hope, glad you're on. Hey, Norma, glad you're on. Hey, Bill, glad you're on. I do that for the first five minutes of the video. They put it on like that. So his viewership, but he left me on anyway. So what I did was I said, you know what? I'm going to look into being pastored. Nothing else I've done has worked. By the way, if you're someone like me, your proclivity is not to be pastored. You might have gauged that by looking at my personality. I am, I am trouble. You can ask, Lynn Brown's back, you can ask people who work with me. I get into disputes. I don't let much go by the wayside. So it wasn't a natural inclination for me to be pastored. But you know what? What I was doing, and I wasn't even thinking about it this way, but what I was doing was not working. Even in the midst of my own ignorance and stupidity, I still didn't even go to be pastored because I wanted a change initially. I just went because, you know what? I felt inclined to do so. That's it. So I clicked in to two men of God who I didn't even know were connected. I didn't, Rodney, Jonathan Shuttlesworth International Ministry started with Rodney Howard Brown launching him. I had no idea. That's how it started. He was evangelizing before that, but it took off when Rodney Howard Brown sent him out. That's how it worked. So I clicked into these two men of God. Clicked into them. And you're like, Tom, do you follow men? I don't follow any man like that. So don't even get your feathers up. Tom talks about Rodney. Tom talks about John as if he's sycophant towards him. I'm not. But pastors need a pastor also. And someone like me especially needs one. Someone who is unintimidated. You know, I, I walk in, I know I look like a biker. So I'm a combo between biker and redneck. When you've handled police calls your whole life, do you think church issues really bother you? No. But I needed somebody to look me in the eye and tell me, you need to knock it off. Rodney Howard Brown grabbed me by the arm. I tower. I'm, I never realized how large I am. I picture myself being average size. And I see myself on camera. I'm like, who is that monstrosity? He grabbed me by the arm and paraded me around his church back and forth. He said, just watch. Don't do anything. Don't say anything. And we walked from one end of a 2000 uh, attended conference outside under the pavilion. And he walked me from side to side. And as we did, the place would erupt 
like a wave. He doesn't do a thing. He never said a thing. He never did a thing. People just erupted back and forth. He's trying to show me something. I was uncomfortable. I, will, I need to talk. I remember when I was initially on, his fir- on the first time I ever appeared with him on his podcast. He had Jonathan on with him. And they both sat in silence. Sat there, live streaming. You ever watch my podcast? I don't know if I ever even taken the proper amount of oxygen. It's like, slow down. But they sat there. Jonathan kicks back. He's like this. And Rodney's tapping his ring and reading stuff. And their their viewership is skyrocketing. And you know what I was thinking? Should I, should I jump in here? <laughs> Who are you? Who are you to even think? They're doing nothing. It's run by God. That's what I needed to learn. This church was run by me. The church is now run by the Holy Ghost. That's the difference. And you wait when we move into the new building. This church will continue to transform because we will be laying hands on people all the time. So be ready for people falling out. Be ready for people shouting. Be ready for people filled with joy. Whatever it is that they need at that moment, healing, restoration, prosperity, we will lay hands on them and they will recover. In Jesus' name. So I made a change. I, I, listen, I don't like, I didn't like going to other churches. I'd already gone to church that week, so I didn't feel the need to go anywhere else. Now I go up to church all the time. I go, I, I, I preach against ministers conferences that I now attend. That's what you have to do. You have to take, you have to take a hardcore right hand turn now. Not tomorrow. You already know what the turn is. The GPS has been set in front of you for years. Right hand turn. Right here and turn. You just keep blowing by it. GPS says you turn. And you keep blowing it off and you're going in circles. Take the turn. If you take the turn, you'll go from $50,000 in the bank 18 months ago to over a million dollars in the bank now. That's what you do. That's where this church is at. You'll go from 150 people to 650 people in a year and a half. After all of my glorious efforts for a decade and a half. I, I, let's compare me to God. 15 years. And most of those 15 years, I hated the church and I hated Christians. He's mad all the time. And all of those efforts that I put in, people are always worried that I, I, I will change. I was preaching the same, but not as good. I was preaching the same stuff. I never backed off hellfire and brimstone. I was preaching that. But all of my efforts, all that I did, all the little churchy garbage that I tried to pull off to grow the church never worked. And I accumulated in 15 years, 15 years, Thirty to fifty thousand dollars in the bank. In eighteen months, God took that 
and turned it into a million dollars. And that's with us giving away hundreds of thousands of dollars in the midst. We'd be at 1.3, 1.4 right now if we didn't give away so much. But that's what you do. By the way, that's the way that it works. If you don't sacrificially give, you're not in the flow. And it starts with your tithe. If you're not tithing, say it out loud. I'm robbing God. No, see, nobody will say it. You bunch of cowards, say it. There you go. That's who you are. Say it out loud. I'm not tithing. Oh, you know, that's an Old Testament. That's an Old, you know, that's an Old Testament theology. No, it's not. It was birthed under the priesthood of Melchizedek in the Abrahamic covenant, which is the same one we stand in now of covenant of faith. It was 10%. That's the minimum. Well, my husband won't let me tithe. What do you make? If you make four bucks a week, then you tithe it. You don't tithe off his money. People come to me and ask me that pretty frequently. My husband won't let me tithe. Okay, well, how much do you make? Well, he makes the majority of the money. Okay, fine. What do you make? $200 a week. Okay, 20 bucks goes to God, period. Why are you thinking? Why are you thinking? In the, listen, in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom didn't know God. Why are you thinking? God says tithe, do it. He's Yahweh. You don't need to think. Pray without ceasing? Okay, God, pray without ceasing. When thou sayest, seek ye my face, my heart send unto thee, thy face, Lord, I will seek. See, life is easy. It really is. You just have to do it. If you want things to change, you are going to have to change what you do, not what you think, because what you do will change how you think. Those people who have never repented, repentance is a change of mind. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right? Matthew 4, 17. So people will always say repentance is not a turning from sin. It's a change of mind. People will say that. But here's the problem. The only way to change your mind is to turn from sin. So those that never turn from sin have never actually repented. It's the way that it is. That's the truth. I've never seen so many people walk out of a service. Bye. See you guys. Love you. Bless you. Love you. There you go. Love you. It's all good. I never know whether they're leaving because they're leaving or they're leaving to go to the bathroom. I just put it out of my mind and say they're going to the bathroom. I have no idea. First Thessalonians 5.23, back to it again. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. His sanctification is making room for God in your life. Now what is Maturity. Go to Hebrews chapter 6, 9 through 20. Hebrews 6, 9 through 20. Here is maturity. How many of you want to mature in the faith? How many of you want to stay infants? Shout amen. If you want to mature, I'm going to show you what maturity means. Not me showing you. I'm showing you what Jesus says because Jesus is the word. This is what maturity means. This section of scripture is entitled, A Better Estimate. But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. These people are saved. Most Christians never actually do anything all the while believing God is doing stuff and nothing gets done. If you take Jeremiah 29, 11, and 12. 
For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me, come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Most Christians believe, you know what? He has that plan for I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. That's just going to happen, right? No, what's the next verse? What's, what's Jeremiah 29, 13? Ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all of your heart. Nobody preaches 13. Because then you might offend people in your church who do nothing. I don't worry about offense. I just preach the Bible. And whatever happens, happens. It's seed. It's the word of God. I will prosper regardless of offense. So if you seek God now, if you seek God is, and, and, and that's what enables you to receive the promises is it because your seeking moves God impresses God I'm fasting right now and God's gonna move no all that that does when you seek him with all your heart is dispel unbelief everybody's problem in this room and I am in this room is unbelief everybody the reason why you struggle with sin is unbelief the reason why you don't see the miraculous is unbelief. The only way to dispel unbelief is to meditate in the presence of God. To be in the presence of the Holy Spirit. To meditate on the word of God. It will dispel unbelief. That's it. Now what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to get out of the dopamine addiction that is the United States of American society. It's not going to be easy. Some of, some of us in this room, we have even forgotten. I look around this room. Eventually, I'll get back to Hebrews chapter 6. But I look around this room. And there are people in this room, I know, because I'm looking at the various ages. You remember what it was like before devices. And all you young people will not believe this because I'm saying I'm 53 years old. Life was better before them. You don't know it, kids, because you know what? What it is, and it's not just you kids, it's me too. I don't even sit in drive through lines. I have to be entertained. I'm there for four minutes and I can't just sit there. I, I reach for my phone. Oh. You, I might as well go and buy cocaine. Where's the crack dealer? It's really no different. Watching pornography and taking heroin does the same thing to your brain. Facts. It does. The more damage is done physically by the heroin, but the, what your brain releases is the same. We're so addicted to these things. You're going to have to break addiction. You have to. Do you want to see the kingdom of God or don't you? This country is depending on you. We'll be enveloped in vaccine passports if you don't. Joe Biden just invested $137 million into a test COVID test strip company in Germany that isn't even built yet. It, doesn't, it will not be completed until 2024. So you think it's ever going to end? The vaccine mandate is based on the prevention of transmission. We all know the vaccine does not prevent transmission. Why are the vaccine passports not taken down? 
Because it's never been about a, a disease. It's never been about keeping you safe. It's never going to end. But what will end it is the church. But you're going to have to be sanctified. Listen, I, I love your responses. Please don't stop responding because of what I'm about to say. But we can respond all that we want. But what are you going to do when you leave? This has to go off and the spirit of God has to come on. I mean, off. Some of you don't even take it in there as your Bible. Go get yourself. We'll give you one. We got a stack of them back here. Use your old paper Bible and start reading the Bible. Because it's just too distracting. I do that. I'm reading Bible verses. Next thing I know, I'm on Twitter. Because I'm a politician addict. I'm a politics addict. Addict. I have to watch it myself. I have not arrived. I've just left the shore. Some of you have no interest in leaving the shore. You are camped. You're not only camped, you are, you are pouring concrete. And God does not want you there. He wants you to move. And listen, stop lying to yourself and start looking at fruit. A tree is known by its fruit. Luke 6, 43, period. If the fruit's not there, then the tree's bad. Period. Stop calling it good. Stop talking like, well, you know, I'm growing every day. No, you're not. Without, if there's no fruit, you're not. And you've been saying it for a decade, so knock it off. You're irritating. You're welcome. This is real church. I know lots of people, are, they're, they're not used to real church. When I first got saved, this was church, 1987. This is what church was like. Walked in and you got offended. Perfect. I wouldn't go somewhere that didn't offend me. I'm nervous when I walk into the river. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Nervous in the service. That's why that's, that's why that's my second church. This is my first church. That's my second church I attended. That's where my pastor preaches. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. He'll call me on the phone. And I'm nervous. Hope, hope and normal. Just be yourself. Be yourself. I can't. I'm nervous. And I'm never nervous. I'm in front of people all the time, whether it's hundreds or thousands. I'm in front. Rodney walks in the room. I'm nervous. Jonathan walks in the room, kind of a fangirl different relationship. But I won't attend anywhere. I won't attend a place. I, I'd be bored out of my mind going to an art church. You know, here it is. You know, they're all, they're, they're all back into at the movies. I mean, how do you, how do you bear it? How you walk into what is supposed to be the sanctuary of the living God. And there's people dressed up as movie characters. We're doing Disney theme. Yeah, really. It's the truth. Charlie asked yet, really? Yeah. Charlie's not used to stupid church. See, I, don't, I used to scope out other churches and see what they're I don't do it anymore. So I listen to what Jonathan says because he's an evangelist traveling the country. I know what's happening. A better estimate. Told you we get back to Hebrews at six at one point. But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation. What? 
Most, do most Christians seek after things that accompany salvation or do they build a monument to their salvation and camp underneath it? Look at me now. Which one is it? I've already acknowledged to you that I've wasted decades. Why are you not relaxed? It's not somebody preaching at you. This is me preaching to all of us. You, we are to do things that accompany salvation. Not build a monument that, you know what, I got, I got saved in 1987 and never did a thing. Though we speak in this manner, verse 10, Hebrews 6, 10. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Listen now, verse 12. That you do not become sluggish. How do you know if you're sluggish? Fruit. You gotta be honest about fruit. Look at me, you gotta be honest about fruit. It's either there or it's not. There's either bananas sitting there or there's not. Life is easy, it is simple to read. If your kids are going out of your house unsaved, something's wrong. If you've never led anybody to the Lord and you've been saved for five, six, 10, 20 years, something's wrong. If you don't operate in the miraculous, something's wrong. If you're depressed, something's wrong. If you're anxious, something's wrong. If you float from church to church to church to church, something's wrong. Nobody ever will accommodate my ministry. That's because you're weird and nobody wants to be near you. Weirdness is not a ministry. Repelling every human being you ever run into is not a ministry. You're like, Tom, you repel people only with Bible verses. Not with my behavior, with Bible verses. Not with me floating around calling myself by some title that I'm not. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those that through faith and patience inherit the promises. They've come into their inheritance. If you're wondering what maturity is, it is not you calling yourself mature. It is not you thinking that you're mature. I've seen this before in this church. Well, I don't attend that Bible study. They're really just about the basics. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So what is the fruit that says that you're beyond the basics? Show it to me. There isn't any. So why don't you go back into the basics? Because you obviously don't know them. There isn't even any fruit that you are doing the basics. You're welcome. See, you're like, Tom, you're me. No, I love you more than the person that avoids the truth. I'm willing to risk my relationship with you to tell you the truth and that I have great expectations for you. Or you can play it safe. That's what people do who don't discipline their kids. I'm not calling you my kids. I'm just using a parallel analysis here. They do the exact same thing. They're afraid to deal in the truth because they're afraid to lose a relationship. No, you do what is correct parenting. And you have the greatest chance of having a relationship with your child. If you're one of those people, that when your child is two years old, you're grabbing them by the hands and saying, now listen, 
I want to explain to you why mommy spanked you. No. It's very easy. I told you to come. You didn't. I throttled your rear end. I never had a conversation like that with my kids. Ever. Norma loves when I tell stories about her, so I'll tell one about her right now. Is she in here? I don't see Norma in here anywhere. Is she out? I've told this before. I'm just going to tell you again. I don't know if you've heard it before or not. When I was, we were in our old church building, which was a gym. It used to be like a regular weightlifting, whatever, gym. And we cleared, you know, we rented it and renovated it into a church. But they left behind all these aerobic balls. Those giant balls that, you know, all the women sit on. I'm getting thinner. I'm getting thinner. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> Literally, they left behind about a hundred of them. They're everywhere. So like I used them in the youth group for dodgeballs and all this stuff. Used to call it bowling for humans when I was doing both youth pastor and pastoring the church. Kids loved it, bowling for humans. But anyway, so everybody, would, we'd hand them out. Take one home, take one home, take one home. So we had one at our house. And I threw it at Norma. She was, and this is, this, she was little. She's like four. And I threw it at her, this big thing. They're not light either. So I threw it across the house and it hit her right in the back of the leg and it drove her toe into our tile floor and cut her toe. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I love you. I'm right there. You think I'm horrible. I know some of you do. You're barely hanging on. You're like, I don't know if I'm going to survive this church because he's so terrible, but God won't let you leave. You have to obey God. God has assigned you to me for a reason. Don't leave. So I cut my own daughter's foot. So I went up and apologized. I'm not a horrible person. I'm, rather, I'm a rather apologetic person. I was loving her. I'm so sorry. And she says to me, Dad, you were stupid. So here's what I did. I'm holding her. She's little. She's like four. So I said, I pulled her around. I put her face to face. I said, now we are transitioning. That's how I, you're like, Tom, you talk to your four-year-old that way? Yep. And they know. They're not stupid. They're created in the image of God. They're not dumb. So we are transitioning. None of the, no, most of you would never do that. But listen, I, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I'm scared of God. I do what God tells me to do. So we are going to transition. So I said, we are transitioning. You need to go to your room and sit on your bed and wait for me to come in and paddle your rear end. So after I cut my own daughter's foot, I went in and spanked her rear end. And some of you would think that was wrong. Just like Miriam, just like, just like Miriam and Aaron thought that Moses was wrong. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. That's the beginning of, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's all, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's not the whole verse. That's the very end of the verse. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose, choose. It's like I'm telling you to do. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of the Amorites or the gods that were on the other side of the river that your father served. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's what you do. Even when it is an affront to you, it seems evil. It seems evil to cut your own daughter's foot and then go paddle her rear end. But it wasn't. It was the right thing to do. 
Amen. God's infallible purpose in Christ. Verse 13, Hebrews chapter 6. For when, for when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying you I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise, back to verse 12, that you do not become sluggish, but, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. People always talk about we are under the Abrahamic covenant and don't operate in the promises of God. You, when you lay hands on the sick, there is no option. If they don't recover, something, something's wrong. It's either them or you, period. That's the fact. Here's the thing. What does it mean to operate? So, and so after he had patiently endured, who? Abraham. He obtained the promise. Operating in the promises of God is maturity. Romans chapter 4, 20 and 21. He did not waver at the promise of God, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. He did not, Abraham, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. That's what he did. Second part, well, verse 21. Being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. If you're under the Abrahamic covenant, like I said with giving earlier under Melchizedek, then we should be operating in the promises of God. That is maturity. How do you operate in prosperity? You change what you do. What did I change with this church? I changed because we never tithed out of this ministry. We received the tithe, but we never tithed. You're like, Tom, are you keeping it for yourself? For the first five years of this church, my total pay was 0.0. .0. Then I gave myself, myself $7,000 a year. And then $12,000 a year. All those years. And I thought that was the right thing to do, was it? Is it, was it the right thing to do to, to pastor this church for zero dollars? The Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. Amen. Whoops. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse 14. If you're wondering, people are always like, well, you know what? I, you know, I don't think pastors should get paid. Well, you're a liar. And then people will use verse 15. I just gave you 1 Corinthians 9, 14. Then they'll use 15. I am, I am not writing this in the hope that you will do such things for me. But I, he, Paul, Paul writes, but I have not used any of these things. And I'm not writing this in the hope that you will do such things for me. For I would rather die than allow anyone to deprive me of the boast that he wasn't getting paid. Problem is what? In 2 Corinthians eleven eight, 8, he said, I robbed other churches taking wages from them to minister to you. Whoops! These people are so theologically illiterate. Pastors shouldn't be getting paid. Really? And here's the verse that I'm using. Go to the next, ver go to the next book, dum-dum. Actually read the entire Bible. Instead of cherry-picking verses that happen to support solely by cherry-picking them, your own personal theology. 
Because if you put them in context, you're wrong like you always are, and the fruit shows that you're wrong. Every time. Verse 16, for men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them to end of, this, of, of all dispute. Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of the promise, we're in, we're in Hebrews 6, and now we're on verse 17. Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of the promise, the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. That by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have, listen now, as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. You want to mature, what do you do? You have to operate in the promises of God. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit of promise. That's who he is. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence. The presence is actually capitalized behind the veil. Most Christians operate on the other side of the veil. They don't, they never enter into the inner courts because when they do, God will tell you to stop and start and they don't want to hear it. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Most Christians will not lay aside their friends that are ruining their lives. You don't realize girls night out and margarita night is destroying you and destroying your witness. They operate outside the veil, the veil, the veil of correction. They don't want to walk in there. They don't want to know. Don't let that be you. You want things to change. You've got to get into the presence of the Holy Spirit who will listen. He will burn you to the ground. But only so that he can build you back up in the image of Jesus. Where the forerunner, verse 20, has entered for us, even Jesus having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. See how it all works together? Boy, Tom's not as stupid as I thought. Yeah. It's just Bible reading. It's just Bible reading. I don't, the, people ask, how do you do this? How do you do that? I memorize Bible verses. I have a disgusting stack of cards. They're brown. And they were white. They're now brown and torn, sweaty. Sometimes they have sauce on them. <laughs> I was doing the podcast one night and I'm going through the slides with Will. Will and I download all the materials before. And I'm like, man, these things are stuck. Oh, that's my chicken wing sauce from earlier today. It was <laughs> stuck our pages together. Now, I want you to see a progression. We are in Romans chapter 8, verse 5, going to 11. Listen, I want you to see this progression of sanctification. You're like, Tom, you preach out of Romans 8, 5 all the time. But now I want to show you the end game. Those who live according to the sinful nature. Now, again, let me reiterate this. I know I've preached it before. I want you to hear it again. Who is this verse being written to? You've got to understand this is written to born again Christians, not Lutherans, not Catholics, 
born again believers, evangelicals, living at Inglewood, Florida, attending Foundation Church. That's why you should look at this verse. Those who live according to the sinful nature. What does that mean? Does that mean that you are off sinning? No, you have an unrenewed sinful nature. That will not be renewed unless you do what? No longer conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will, right? Romans 12, 2. This is written to Christians who are struggling, living carnally. Doesn't mean that you're sinning. It means that you're scrolling. It means that you're distracted. If you are sinning, you're going to hell for it. If you live in unrepentant sin, I don't care what so-and-so says. Again, God will not let me use names. I don't care what they say. I don't care what the Baptists say. I don't care what the Calvinists say. What does the word of God say? If you are living in unrepentant sin, you are not going to heaven, period. There is no such thing as eternal security. Your, your theology should never be set up on two words that are nowhere in the Bible. Eternal security is not in the Bible. Period. If we deliberately keep on sinning, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. That's in the Bible, written to Christians in Hebrews chapter 10, 26 and 27. Whoopsie daisy. Lots of people leaning on eternal security. They're going to die and go straight to hell. Well, you know what? You're in a season right now. There's no sin that's greater than God, so I'm moving in with her. You die in that condition, you're going to go die and go straight to hell for it. They have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Beor, loved the wages of wickedness. Second Peter 2.15, I could go on and on. If anyone does not remain in him, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. Here's a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. Keep reminding them of the, if we are faithless, he will remain faithful for he cannot disown himself. But he says, if we, if we disown him, he will disown us. He can't disown himself, but he can disown us. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my father in heaven. You know, the only way to disown something, look at me now. What's the only way to disown something? You had to actually had to have owned it, owned it. Can't disown something you never owned, which is the theology of Calvinists. Well, they were never saved to begin with. Nowhere in the Bible. This is hardcore, Tom. I know. I know. That's why I circulate human beings. I love them all. They don't think I do, but I do. When there's people that have come for a while and they fade off, I don't like it. Do I stay up at night worrying about it? No. I shake the dust off my feet. Why? Because in Matthew chapter 10, 13 through 15, that's what I'm commanded to do. Oh, we yearned for them. We pined for them. Unscriptural. Whoever will not receive you nor hear your words when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. Some of you that are real worried about, well, I really want, no. Shake off the dust from your feet. You do what you can. Enjoy your life. See the progression. Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 5. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set 
on what that nature desires. What is the sinful nature? The five senses. That's it. The carnal nature does not mean sexual. That's what the word world has turned carnal into being, into meaning. It does not mean sexual. It means of the five senses. It means meat, chili con carne, meat, living according to the flesh. It's the truth. It's living according to meat. Have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance to the spirit have their minds set. This is all, this is all capitalized on what the spirit, in other words, the Holy Spirit desires. How many of us in this room will say, I live according to what the Holy Spirit desires, period. Well, you can't live like that. You got to use wisdom. Oh, whoops. Now you're like the COVID capitulators. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit. Wait a minute, Tom. You can't just guess at these. No. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. You do not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you receive the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Romans 8, 15. See the progression. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. Romans 8, 16. See the progression? You want to be a joint heir? You walk in the Spirit. How do you walk in the Spirit? Simply ask. Simply ask. You don't think the Holy Spirit's faithful to tell you? Well, the Holy Spirit will not open and close doors for you. Only problem is people don't want the doors closed that they want open. They don't want the, do they don't want the doors open that they want closed. They're scared. They're scared. COVID's the perfect example. Well, if I'm pastoring a church, you know, if I stay open, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to leave. Yeah. What's that got to do with anything? Uh, you, what do you do? You go with what men say? Or do you go with what the Word of God says? The Word of God says, whatever I bind is bound, whatever I loose is loose. He took up our infirmities, carried our diseases, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Psalm 103, 3. Matthew 8, 15. Matthew 8, 17. Matthew 16, 19. Those are all the verses that I just used. What do you do? It's got nothing. What if people leaving have anything to do with the Word of God? nothing. So you stand, you stand, and then you're led by the spirit. And now you're living in the joint heirness of Jesus Christ. If you don't, you won't. It really is easy. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. Now I want you to track the ladder here. Track the ladder of sanctification. Set your mind on the Holy Spirit. Got that? The, the sinful mind is hostile toward God. Thinking about what you can hear, see, taste, touch, smell, and that's how you live your life, is hostile towards God. Endlessly entertaining yourself by scrolling and staring at screens is not just innocuous. It's hostile. Let's just see the expressions I'm looking at right now. Because there's not a soul in this room that's not addicted to a screen. I'm in this room. I know there's one or two of you that are going to meet me at the door afterwards. I'm not addicted. I've never, I still got a flip phone. Good. Good. 
If, I'm telling you right now, you can ask my wife, you can ask my kids. If it wasn't for church, I wouldn't be on social media. I'd have a flip phone. All I'm interested in is phone calls and texts. Not what you're eating for lunch. Hey, look at my burger. <laughs> Starting a new year, eating salads. Yeah, we'll see. You can get thin all you want. I told the first services, I'll tell you this. I've lost the same 40 pounds 40 times. You know why I never keep it off? Because I'm pouring, I'm pouring new wine into old wineskins. Until you're changed, until you're sanctified, you're putting it back on. You know it's true. You know it is. Until you change. You change your mind through changing your actions. You'll never change. People are like, I just, you know, they go on all these diets that you're never going to hold on to for your life. What should you do? Maybe you ought to lose a half a pound a week with a total life change instead of going on some gut buster diet that you are never going to maintenance after you've lost the weight. Right? I speak from experience. I'm on the fat end of all of my clothes right now. I've got the whole litany in the, in the closet. Thin, kind of thin, medium, fat, really fat, mega fat. I'm in the really fat category right now with some mega fat clothes and they're still, just in case. Those controlled by the sinful nature, Romans 8.8, 8, cannot please God. Why? Because they're hostile to, to God. These Christians. Us Christians. Us Christians. We are all hostile toward God. Everyone in this room or the fruit would say differently. If everybody in this room was led by the Spirit of God, look at me now, solely, people would be flying in to Tampa, Sarasota, and Fort Myers to come look at you. Seriously, they do that at the river. They would be doing that. They come in and say, who are these people that, pe that a man comes in in a wheelchair and walks out? Who are these people that somebody comes in stage four and walks out cancer free? Who are these people? Not every now and then. Well, you know, that happened back in 1998 at our church back in Philadelphia. 98? That's the last person you saw healed. You believe that you're... And, they, and, and that person believes that they are firmly established in the will of God. It's called delusion. It's called deception if you think that. If everybody in this room was the power pack that we were supposed to be, the world would be flocking to us. Who else did they flock to? Town to town, barefoot or with sandals on, they ran after Jesus. And they weren't even getting saved, a lot of them. John chapter 6, 53 through 67, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more after one sermon. These weren't even strong people. But because Jesus was operating in the power of Jesus, they came to see him. Is that what we want? Yes. 
You're like, well, a lot of them left them. Doesn't matter. Some stayed. Snatch others from the fire and save them. Jude chapter, Jude verse 20. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the spirit. Is there an if here? There is. Always pay close attention to the ifs. The ifs and the buts and the above all else's. Pay close attention. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. What does that mean? If you don't speak in tongues, you're not going to heaven. It does not mean that. It means who's controlling you. Listen, some of you are like, well, Tom, does that mean I'm going to hell because I don't have the fruit? No. If you're controlled by the, sin, if you're controlled by the Spirit enough that you've repented of all sin, you're going to heaven. But what you are is a little tiny baby. What we are are little tiny babies in it. That's all we've ever accomplished. And that's the testimony of most Christians. I used to be this and I used to be that. And I no longer am. How, who else wants to be saved? That's not how Jesus won the world. Jesus did not love them into the kingdom. Paul did not love them into the kingdom. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. We're to love them. We're, we're here to serve the city that's demonic. You hear a church preach that? It's demonic. Why would the city on a hill serve the valley? Explain that. It's demonic. We're here to serve the city. You know, we're going to do a community car wash where all the, all the uh, Christians are going to go out there and wash all the sinners' cars. You're a whore. You're a church whore. Welcome to Foundation Church, folks. You are. You're a church attendance whore. What are you supposed to do? Wash their cars or preach the gospel? Y yeah. You don't profane the body of Christ by putting it under the world. Or under Satan's feet. You, Satan is under your feet. You shouldn't be washing them. That's not very, Tom, that's not very uh, modern day Christianity. Yeah, I don't exist in the modern day of Christianity. They're all closed. Even the ones that are open are spiritually closed. I don't care. Listen, I don't care that they're against Joe Biden and even vaccine mandates. They, listen, they profaned themselves a long time ago. Welcome to come back if you repent. Listen, I've been a coward in my life. I've been weak. I've been stupid. The only difference between me and anybody else is have they repented or not? You're welcome. I know this is shocking for some of you, but I'm telling you, if God told you to come here, don't run back to that butt-kissing, boot-licking, hyper-grace church. Don't go back. Even if you're driving here for an hour, make the drive. I've said this a million times from this pulpit. If I wasn't pastoring this church, I would be driving one hour and 15 minutes every Sunday and every Sunday night to the river. I would, because they do two services. They're old school. And if I'm under that ministry, then I will go there and go both services. We don't do that here. Some of you think I'm a sycophant. I don't follow any man. I do what God tells me to do. But we're not controlled. We're not controlled by the sinful nature. We're controlled by the spirit. Verse 10. But if Christ, now I want you to see the progression now. See the progression. 
But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. Now here's the end result. Remember starting back in verse five. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. Now here's the end result of setting your mind on the spirit. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who lives in you. You see the sanctification? You start off with where you set your mind and you become a healer. Not only to your own body, but to everybody else's. Do you see the sanctification? It, but it all starts with day one, right here, January 2nd, 2022. What are you going to do today? It's just not your spiritual day off. You're all a bunch of crazy people anyway. You're coming here. You might as well just get crazier. You might as well just, just go off the deep end. Everybody hates you anyway. Just be hated more. Be like me, just dig, just dig at him. Dig at him even more. I'll finish with this. We're going to be out of here in 14 minutes. Everybody good? Evil has its flow too. I just gave you the flow of the spirit, right? Set your mind, set your mind on things above and you will become a healer. Evil has its flow too. I got that from Rodney Howard Brown. Evil has a flow too. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 1 through 9. I'm going to read these quickly. Perilous times and perilous men is what this is entitled. But know this. You know what but know this means? But know this. Then in the last days, perilous times will come. How will you know? For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households, making captives of gullible women. You've heard me preach about this all the time. Ladies, look at me now. Single ladies, look at me. When you commit your life to Christ, he's coming. The guy is coming. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women. So don't be gullible. What is the very first thing you say to somebody who wants to date you? You, you should know the answer. Tell me about your salvation. And I want Bible verses. If, if that's not them, you don't date them. Period. Now. Not, well, you know, we're going to see how things go. Demonic. God is yes or no. Not we're going to see. If you want to know and you don't know, bring the cotton candy Casanova to me. Bring them to me. I will interview them for you. It will not go well. For of this sort of those who creep into households 
and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. These men, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Just like in our church. Always learning. Oh, we're, we're getting all these new things and new. Yeah, but you're living in sin and you closed. What good is it? Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith. Now, here's, here is the demonic flow. Are you ready? Look at me. Are you ready? Ten minutes to go. I'm, we're leaving in ten minutes. I'm starving. We're leaving. Trust me. I've had one zone bar and it didn't even do as much as it usually does. I'm freaking hungry. We're leaving in 10 minutes. So you might as well listen. You guys get a 15 minute longer sermon than they get in the first service. So I take advantage of it. I got lots to say. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. That's 1 Corinthians 9, 16. After those verses I gave you earlier. But here's the demonic flow. After they do all of these things, but they shall progress no further. Why? Because their folly will be manifest to all. That's why you're seeing churches closed worldwide. Their folly is being manifest to all. Of course, there's the people that are just sycophants that will continue to go. The church that used to be 700 is now 70. Those 70, they're going because this is where granddad went. Granddad laid the bricks for this building. I'm never leaving. Oh, that's great. Why don't you just build a tower to Babylon and just go ahead and complete the work? Here's where I'm finishing. And now, this is uh, 2 Thessalonians 2, 6, and 7. I'll finish with... 2 Timothy 3, 9 first. But they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all, as theirs also was. Now we're going to 2 Thessalonians 2, 6 and 7. And, and now you know what is restraining. So they will progress no further. If you're wondering, will we win? You will win. You will win. I don't know about anybody else. I don't know about Australia, but you will win. Why? Because, and now you know what is restraining. They will progress no further. A living church will put an end to Anthony Fauci. It will. We will win. Whatever territory we want, we will win. Because they will, have you watched Fauci lately? Oh, you know, we've changed the quarantine rules from 10 to 5. And the church goes, oh, thank you for giving us back the freedoms you stole. When a, when a thief comes back to me with my possessions, I'm not thanking him. He'll be lucky to walk away conscious. 5 to 10, and now 6 foot social distancing has been changed to 3. Why do they want to vaccinate your kids? Anybody know? I hope I make it in seven minutes. Why? Why? Now, there's a very specific... Ah, somebody said it. Uh, yep, it's all about the EUA. As long as you vaccinate children, you keep your EUA, emergency use authorization. What's the emergency use authorization do? Keeps the drug companies from being able to be sued. 
as long as you are vaccinating kids, you cannot be sued by adults you harm. Yep. Facts. Absolute facts. Said by the medical expert. Wave at him, Natalie. Back me up. There she is. It's not just me. There's a medical professional. In case you think it's just that fat preacher up there yelling again. No, I'm telling you what's the truth. And now you know what is restraining. We are restraining this lunacy. You, don't, you think it's bad now if we weren't here? You would see demons actually manifested everywhere. We are restraining this. People should be, thank, people should be thanking us, not trying to shut us down. That he may be revealed in his own time. Who? Don't answer. You may, if you don't know, don't answer. The man of perdition, the man of lawlessness. We are restraining so that he can't be revealed. We're holding back the Antichrist. We're holding back beast one and beast two and the dragon. We are holding them back. As long as there is a living church, the devil cannot own the planet. For the mystery of lawlessness, verse 7, is already at work. Only he now capitalized, only he, the body of Christ, who now restrains, will do so. The body of Christ is my words. Who now restrains, will do so until he is taken out of the way. Worship team, make your way. See, I'm going to keep my word. I don't always keep it, so I shouldn't say that so definitively. Until he is taken out of the way. So, let me ask you this. Can the Antichrist spirit own the earth while Foundation Church is here? Can't. It's impossible. It is impossible for that. That's two opposite magnets. It cannot happen. We are the restraining. You drive up an hour and a half north of here. You know, you drive up to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, there's some more restrainers. Jonathan Shuttlesworth in Pittsburgh, Rodney Howard Brown in Tampa, Archer Pulaski in Calgary, Greg Locke in Georgia. There's a restraining going on. All of the sycophantic, fantic, bootlicking Christians should be thanking us that we're holding back the devil for them. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We're holding back. We're, we're giving people opportunity to be saved. Remember that. He who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Four minutes to go. Listen to this. Revelation 14, 14 through 16. Then I looked. You want to know how we're going to be taken out of the way? We're restraining. We're the dam in the river. The river that flows straight out of hell. We're the dam holding it back from the world. But there will come a day when our job is done. And we can rest. Then I looked and behold a white cloud. And on the cloud sat one like the son of man. Having on his head a golden crown. And in his hand a sharp sickle. Verse 15. And another came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the crown, thrust in your sickle and reap for the time has come for you to reap. Jesus doesn't know the day or hour. 
he had to be told by an angel who was told by God. No one knows about the day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. But now the angel who's been told by God tells Jesus, thrust in your sickle and reap for the time has come for you to reap. For the time has come for you to reap. For the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth and the earth was reaped. Revelation 14, 14 through 16, we're gone. Right there, gone. Our time is done. We don't know the day or hour, so what are you to do? You occupy until he comes. You don't secede, you occupy. You don't give in, you don't cooperate, you don't capitulate, you occupy. They tell you, you know what? You'll lose your job if you don't vax. You say, I'm coming to work until you kick me out. That's what you do. And then God will give you a job making double what you made before. That's what will happen. It's the truth. Those who keep his command, Revelation chapter three, verse 10, because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test us who dwell on the earth. That's not ours. We'll be, we, will see, we will see the punishment of the wicked all around us, but we will always win in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with me every hand. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person are watching online that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.